Welcome back to Over the Border, Episode 5. I'm your host, Justin, here with the boys as per usual. Kyle, how are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great. Um, you know, this episode, we have our first ever interview in podcast history with Chris Abbott that you guys will listen to later on. It's a great interview, and I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. So, yeah, overall, I'm doing great. Ryan, how are you doing? For the first time in a long time, I had a very peaceful weekend because United did not play. You sound a lot happier than usual, I'll tell you that. You know, it's it's good to be on this side of the spectrum, being relaxed, zen. But you know what? In other news, Canada beat Mexico last night. Buzzing. Unreal win. I was so fired up watching that game. Doesn't happen every day. Just before we get into the episode, I'm going to give you guys a little breakdown of our picks, a little recap of our picks from last week, and just how we're doing overall. Unfortunately, we stumbled a bit last week. Didn't have the greatest week, but overall, we're still positive, which you love to see. I went 4-7 and seven last week. That brings me to 18-17 and 17 overall. Ryan went 2-4. and four. He's 8-8 eight and eight overall. And Justin, 5-3 and three last week, 11-7 and seven overall. Don't know if we would have expected that, but he is carrying the pod right now. You love to see it. Not really. Um, and then as a podcast, we sit at 37-32 and 32, uh, combined. So not as great as we'd like. But we got a big bounce back week on the way. And as long as you're Always hitting over, as long as you're hitting over fifty percent, we're making money. You're making money. Everybody's making money. So if you're tailing, you're up. So can't really complain about that. All right, let's get into some coast to coast recapping news across Canadian sports. So we'll just rattle through the NHL records here. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are five nine and two. The Edmonton Oilers continue to stay hot. They're eleven four and zero. Just one note on the Oilers, and we touched on this in the interview with Chris, but I need to highlight the fact that Leon Dreisaitl has 33 points in 15 games, 17 goals, leads the NHL in goals, just on a crazy pace. Doesn't get as much shine as McDavid, but he should because he is just going crazy this year. And then the Calgary Flames, sticking in Alberta, are 8-3-5. and The Jets are 3-0 and since we last recorded. They now sit at 9-3-3. and the Sens are 4-10-1. Another note on the Sens, uh, as we mentioned on last week's episode, they've run into some COVID issues and they've gotten a whole lot worse since last episode. They had like 10 to 12 players with COVID and that resulted in all of their games being canceled this week. Right now, three games could be more in the future. It's not a huge deal for the NHL season, but where it poses a risk is at the Olympics. If more of these NHL games get canceled, the Olympics could be... I don't want to think about that because that would be horrible, but we just wanted to make a note of that. The Sens are going to kill the NHL. All right. Okay. You can't really talk about the Sens. We'll get to the to your Habs in a second. They're a bigger toilet bowl than us, let's be honest, with their expectations. All right. The, Mon- uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are 4-0 since we last recorded. So as uh, teams from Eastern Canada and the NHL, you kind of hate to see that. Um, but the Montreal Canadiens finally, 4-12-2. Not what you'd expect from the former Stanley Cup runner-ups. Just going to say that. Well, as I've said from the beginning of the podcast, tank for Shane Wright. We're going to do it. I'll get a Bergevin out of his job. I'll run the team, draft the kid. Habs are going all the way next year. But seriously, Keaton Primo got called up. No, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it. It'll just be a bold statement. But Kane Primo got called up yesterday with the Habs having Jake Allen out with injury and Price still not returning. 
kid did pretty good in his debut this year, although they lost, which just stink. Gallagher decided to sucker punch. Uh, I forget who on the Rangers, but really it Goudreau. was just, yeah, there. But you know, it's just a very Gallagher move. I love it. But uh, he avoided suspension and what uh, a scumbag he's a rat. Is, my God. <laughs> uh, as uh, you'd love to have him on your team, but you hate playing against him. Twenty five hundred dollar fine though. That's pocket change for NHL players. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the max fine is five thousand dollars. When you compare it to the NFL, like last week, Aaron Rodgers got fined fourteen and a half thousand dollars for his COVID violations. I mean, that's still just a drop in the bucket for these multi-millionaire athletes. But it's still ridiculous to me that uh, the fines aren't larger. Anyway, moving it's a bit along. more of an effort in the NFL. Yeah, moving along to the CFL. Kyle, what do you have for us? Not a whole lot on the CFL this week as we enter the last week of the regular season. But one note I did want to make was the Edmonton Elks are playing two games in four days this week. That's just crazy for any football league. Seems like a very Canadian football league thing. But basically the Elks had a game postponed earlier in the season due to COVID. They now have to make that game up by playing two games in four days. Their season's over, too, which is the worst part. They're like a 2-10 and team having to play two games in four days. It just seems crazy to me. Um, some other notes, the Owls and the Ticats are the only teams in which the games matter this week. They're both fighting for that number two spot. Should be interesting to see how everything shakes up in the East. Um, and then the rest of the league will basically be sitting their starters, getting ready for the playoffs. So getting excited for the playoffs, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on the CFL. And as we mentioned... The Canadian men's soccer team was in action last night for the World Cup qualifying against Mexico. We are buzzing. Kyle Lauren and Alfonso Davies led the charge for Canada in a historic 2-1 win over Mexico. When I say this, I strongly believe this might be the first time that some of these guys I've actually seen is this type of snow. But with this win, Canada moves to the top spot in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying which is the first time they've been in this position this far in the qualification. Just it's you know what it's still a long road ahead with six with six games left with one of them being US and Panama, two huge games. But it's safe to say that Canadian soccer has finally taken a turn for the better. I'm not the biggest soccer fan out there by any means. I think you guys know that listening to this podcast, but when the Canadian men's national team is a good team and when they have a great chance of qualifying for the World Cup, that's something that I'm not going to miss. And I watched the game last night against Mexico, playing in minus eight degrees. It was just such an electric game. I love seeing Canada play well. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that they played in a snowstorm. So whoever scheduled that game, chose Edmonton in mid-November, deserves a raise for sure. Genius. Anyway, um, moving along, there's finally some baseball news in our Coast to Coast recap. Um, we're going to touch on the Jays. Ryan, what do you got? Well, as you know, I'm a Sox fan, so uh, the Jays don't really mean anything to me. But I know Jays fans have been hurting from not making the playoffs. So finally, some good news to deliver. Robbie Ray wins a, his first Cy Young. I'm happy it wasn't Garrett Cole, and he's the first Jay to win it since Roy Holiday in 2000p. In 2000p, 2003. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right, and then the CFL, the CPL playoffs start this weekend. Kyle, what are the matchups looking like? Are there any lines out or anything? Unfortunately, no lines posted yet. We're keeping an eye on them because me and Ryan will definitely have some plays for it. But right now, no lines. 
Um, we've got on Saturday, Cavalry versus Pacific. Should be a great game. And then on Sunday, we've got Forge versus York United. Keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out our plays later in the week. For sure. Okay, and that concludes the Coast to Coast recap. Uh, please welcome on Chris Abbott. All right, we now welcome on Chris Abbott, the national brand manager of CoolBet. Um, yeah, CoolBet is a sportsbook that uh, all three of us use. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan couldn't be with us here tonight, uh, so it's just going to be Chris, Kyle, and I. Uh, Chris, welcome. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the chat. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you on, Chris. And just to start off, what does your job entail at uh, CoolBet? That is a wide, uh, a wide question. You know, sometimes you hear about like uh, duties or, or other duties as necessary or as required. It's kind of like that. But um, so I was uh, one of the first employees that was hired uh, in Canada for CoolBet. It was a European company that that expanded here into Canada, and uh, you know, I started. It was a marketing role just to try and get the uh, get the brand up and running and and get people familiar with it. Obviously, it's a very competitive marketplace here in our country country um so you know we were kind of doing that and also in an unregulated environment which brings its own challenges um but since that we've grown out our marketing team and we've also um, brought on some bookmakers as well that i uh, i look after so basically anything that you can think of to do with the site that um either involves customer service or odds or promotions uh, at some point i'll have my hands on it uh at uh, one point or another Okay, very cool. And then my follow-up to that was just going to be, how do you get a job working with CoolBet or like in the gaming industry in general, I guess, because it's, you know, it's a fairly uncommon uh, job, I guess. Yeah, there's no uh, Bachelor of uh, Online Casino Management or anything like that. So um, it's it, for me, you know, my everyone's path is different that I encounter. But uh, a lot of people come from uh, a media background, and I did as well. I worked in uh, TV out in Nova Scotia. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the brand Oddshark, which is uh, oh, a yeah. content yep. uh, content provider site. So they have offices and studios in Halifax. And I was uh, watching a bunch of people who worked with me at the TV station get lured away by this gambling company that nobody really knew much about. They, you know, it's a nondescript office building that they they uh, kind of operate out of and but they were hiring away like technical people and uh, you know editors uh, like video editors and things like that and all my friends were going there because there's no money in community tv so mm -hmm. they're like oh you know you should come over and work here and i was like well i have a marketing degree i don't know anything about you know the technical aspect of putting things to yeah. video or anything like that so eventually they were hiring uh, content people so they needed writers people to present on camera and that was something that i was able to do so uh, the conversation started there, and that was kind of my introduction to working in the gambling industry and sports betting particularly. And uh, I was there for a couple of years and made the move to Ontario for a couple of different reasons. And when I got to Toronto, I was looking for new jobs. And uh, I found this advertisement on LinkedIn for CoolBet. I applied to a market. Uh, actually, I applied to a bookmaker position, and they they saw my resume and met me and said, we don't think you're you're fitting uh, a fit for this, but we do have a marketing role that we're looking to hire. Um, they hired me for that. A week later, they fired the guy I was reporting into. Mm -hmm. That's the long story as well. Uh, didn't have anything to do with my hire uh, directly, but uh, I think he had kind of ran out of runway with the company. And they asked me to take over, and, and that's how it happened. I said yes, even though I probably wasn't at all um, qualified or prepared to do it. I just said yes, and, <laughs> uh, and that's how it happened. So... Um, that's a long way for me to answer your question, which I think the answer 
for this industry and basically any industry is um, be willing to say yes, be willing to take a risk and, you know, try and do a good job and don't be afraid to say what you don't know. Um, and then, yeah, uh, things tend to work out. Cool. It's an interesting story for sure. And I just find the industry obviously really cool. We love gambling and just wanted to ask like how you got into it. And then uh, I found it pretty funny that you applied for uh, the odds making position that's a that would be a tough job i can only imagine well yeah and i mean i had no business i learned i know now that you know to do that job you actually need to have a pretty strong math background you need to know a lot about statistics and probability um i was coming at it from a yeah i think this team is better than that team so Mm -hmm. i'll set the odds here uh and you know to a degree that's kind of what it is just with math involved and then you know you adjust the odds based on the action that comes in on each side it's not like the odds move during the week because one team is getting better than the other during the week. The goal of a bookmaker is to make sure that they have equal risk on both sides of a game. And that's why, that's why odds move. So um, I didn't even really know that when I, when I started here. Like I, I, you know, I, I knew the general principle, obviously, of course, but it was, um, it was kind of eye opening to see how, you know, things operated from this side. I mean, I'd worked in the content side and the affiliate marketing side, but I hadn't worked for an actual operator. So it was really neat to uh, kind of peek behind the curtain and see how all that worked. But yeah, I would have been woefully uh, underqualified for the bookmaking job. So do you play any part in odds making right now or are you not not involved at all with that side of the business? Yeah, so I we have a team of odds makers. Um, I'm involved with the sports book, but it's more from an operational perspective. Like I don't look at the the odds that the guys make and say, oh no, these are totally wrong. You need to change those. Um, my role is more so to make sure we have odds on things. Um, to make sure that we're responding to customer requests and what they want to see odds for, uh, making sure that we have all our bases covered and, and making sure that the guys literally, like it's not sexy at all. It's like making sure that they have their schedule worked out and, you know, we have enough people covering <laughs> shifts and things like that. Like it's, uh, but, um, for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do a little bit. They, they give me access to the site. So sometimes uh, I'll put up like promotional odds on something that, uh, you know, is, is more of a marketing exercise than really a, a bookmaking exercise. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting. One thing that I kind of am curious about is because like, you know, our, I, I kind of was under the assumption that a bookmaker was kind of or an odds maker was kind of being a thing of the past and having it kind of be like, because you said it's so statistic heavy, would it not make more sense to have it like automated by a computer or have some kind of software that can take a whole bunch of different statistical analytics and stuff and put it all together and spit out a line that way. Well, that's a really good point. And I'm really glad you asked that question because Coolbet kind of prides ourselves on being the last bookmaker. And what you said is what a lot of these companies do. There's a lot of companies online, right? You can, you can bet a lot of places. Mm-hmm. What they are doing is subscribing to odds feeds from data aggregators that exist. And that's easier to do. It's less labor intensive. Um, but what it ends up doing is really you're no different than your competition. Yeah. So we try to separate ourselves on the fact that we do have odds makers. We do have different odds than the market a lot of times we aren't afraid to take uh, a position on a game and say no we really think that these are the true odds here and not worry about um the way you know that the the computers are, are spitting out the data so we totally understand that it's 
it's a dying art form. Okay. Um, but at the same time, we get a lot of respect in the industry because we still do it. And then the other side of our business, we were acquired by a NASDAQ-listed firm called GAN. And they they bought us because we have proprietary sports bet, sportsbook betting software. We created our own software. We manage it ourselves. We create the odds. So there's value in that uh, through the uh, through the business-to-business sales chain as well. Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't realize that um, kind of everyone in the industry has switched to like automated lines. Yeah, I should, no, question. shouldn't say everybody. Shouldn't say everybody, and I don't want. I don't want to to get that out there. A, a lot of like we have, I think, seventy or eighty full time employed bookmakers uh, for different sports. That is rare, um, but most companies will will still have some bookmakers on staff. I don't want to. I don't want to paint everyone with a broad brush, but I will say that um, outside of of. Uh, you know your your main players a lot of these kind of what we call white label betting sites that are you know people just buy the domain and and sell a data sell data feeds and casino feeds um yeah those are are pretty much automated so you I think that i i just I sorry think... i want to jump in here for a sec it's just it's kind of like most of the industry you'd say is more kind of hybrid they got a couple bookmakers and then the rest is kind of automated but you guys are sticking more towards the conventional the conventional yeah sort of thing. yeah i think that's a really good way to put it i think you know everyone's going to have bookmakers on staff um you know mo- most everyone is going to have yeah. bookmakers on staff absolutely we definitely have uh, more on staff per um kind of per per customer if that makes sense like you know bet 365 would have more people than we have but that's because they're the biggest company in the world right yeah um, but in terms of percentage, are they doing as much manual odds compiling as we are? No, I don't think they are. Um, but yeah, we, we really pride ourselves on the fact that, that we set, especially we've set the opening lines. Like when it comes to live mm-hmm. betting, um, you need to have a data feed for that. There's no way you could manually keep up with it. And we do subscribe to feeds for live betting. So when I, when I talk about the odds making, it's all kind of pregame and future stuff that I'm referring to. Yeah, I was going to say for setting lines, one of the reasons I love CoolBet is they often have lines out first before a lot of books, especially when it comes to uh, Canadian sports like CFL. I bet on CFL weekly and you guys always have lines first. And I love that about CoolBet because I know uh, compared to some other books, you'll have them out like two or three days in advance. And that's one of my favorite parts of using the book. You know, it's really, again, I, I love that you're bringing this up because it, it kind of shows me that the things that we're talking about internally are resonating externally. Um, we, through the first couple of, okay, so let me start from the beginning. We are not a massive sports book, but we like to pretend like we are, okay? So we're not, we haven't been around as long as some of our competitors. You know, we don't have the, the user base as some of our competitors, but you'd never know that when you come to our site. And that's because we try to make sure that the experience is top-notch. We try to make sure that we're very, very local in the markets that we operate in. So the CFL, for example, is a prime uh, prime example of, of that. We noticed that the market reference wasn't there early on the first few weeks of the CFL season. Like, lines weren't coming out until almost day of. And, you know, we said internally, like, this isn't good enough. We want to be uniquely Canadian. How can we look in the mirror and say we're uniquely Canadian if we're not, you know, getting out there and having odds available? Mm-hmm. And if we put the the wrong odds out, then the market's going to let us know real fast because we're going to see action commit on one side or another, and then we can adjust. But it's better for us to take that risk to go out there with a line that isn't, you know, hasn't been sharpened by public opinion, Um 
to have it out there and make sure that our customers see it first. Yeah, well, we we appreciate that, especially because we're, I mean, our podcast is central around Canadian sports betting and Canadian leagues and focusing on kind of Canadian teams, not so much 100% of the time, but, you know, th- so the, the thing with bringing up the CFL lines early is super beneficial to some to people like us and you know we, it's not going unnoticed let's just say that we uh we like to take advantage of the early lines for sure. <laughs> well no i'm happy to hear that and listen it can go either way right you can take an early line and it can pay off or you take an early line and then you're left holding the bag at the end of the day um so it's it's fine like we 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 appreciate that and we're willing in order to be a market leader to to put that risk out there to be involved but you'll see um you know other kind of niche things like curling we're a market leader on curling Mm. last year um for the briar and scotties people are you know competitors are coming in and directly copying our lines how do i know that they're doing that because um we put up a wrong line one time and a competitor copied it and put the had the wrong odds up as well so we know that they're just coming in we know they're coming in and uh and doing that so which is fine because it's not to blame like lots of sites as i just mentioned before use data that's in the market so they don't have to do the work themselves that's that that's normal we've done it as well on on markets that we don't know very well but we want to be a leader in canadian odds and odds that are important to canadians so with the Olympic trials coming up uh, beginning on Saturday in Saskatoon, we've already got a ton of futures up on that. We'll have, you know, lines for every game. We'll have in play for, for the televised games. Um, you know, we, we want to be first on that. The national lacrosse league, we've got a, a big offering out for that. And you don't see that other places, even major league rugby with the Toronto arrows who are a professional rugby team here. We're a sponsor with those guys. So, it is our mandate to make sure that we get in and be as local as possible. And for exactly the reasons that you guys are saying, we want our customers to feel that connection. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's great awesome. because not many books really cater towards Canadians. They're all catering towards the Americans, obviously. So it's great that CoolBet offers that for Canadians. Um, just switching gears here. I know that uh, based on your Twitter that you're a big NHL fan and NFL fan. Um, so I just wanted to know, like, what kind of gambling strategies do you use when you're uh, betting on these games? Yeah, so, you know, to be completely transparent, when I was working at Odd Shark and it was my job every day to sit down and analyze analyze games and lines and movement, I had a lot more betting success than I do now. <laughs> and, you know, if you go back and watch some of the, the content I did there, um, we had a show named called Guys and Bets. Myself and a guy named Joe Osborne. Not sure if you if you follow him. He's he's one of the top following uh, follow uh, followed guys in gambling. So Joe and I used to do a show called Guys and Bets, um, and you know we got we got into the weeds on a lot of stuff. Honestly, since I've taken this role at Cool Bet, it's been more of a, a more of a casual thing, and I, and I haven't had the same amount of success, but. You know, when it comes to the NFL, um, it's hard, boys. Like I just I, for the NFL, I more or less love the sweat. I love sitting down on Sunday and watching all day with Skyans, and getting it right is is the hardest part. But uh, you know, honestly, my strategy when it comes to the NFL is taking as much information as I can during the week. Um, depth charts are really important. I think the injury report. The, yeah, the matchups between defenses and offenses, you know, you do what you can. I mean, and, and then it gets turned upside down, you know. Even the best NFL betters are scratching their heads most of the time. When it comes to hockey, I, I've i been around the game for a long time. I've, I've broadcasted a lot of the guys who were in the league coming through the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League when I was broadcasting out there. 
And, you know, I just have a, a decent feel for the game and matchups and skill levels. And um, I watched the game uh, with a critical eye. I used to be a coach. So it's a lot less analytic based for me when it comes to hockey. It's, it's you know, I'll use the statistics and sometimes what I see with my eyes uh, isn't the truth uh, when it comes to the numbers. But mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm more of an eye test guy than a numbers guy when it comes to hockey just because the game is so fluid and, and the style of game that teams play um you know really goes in into a lot uh for me also um you know there are letdown spots in the nhl for sure like i used to hear an example uh the la kings when they came to toronto a couple of weeks ago um you know the leafs had just come off an emotional win against boston on saturday night it's really easy to to bet against the leafs because they let me down my entire life so (laughs) i don't mind i don't mind betting against them from time to time but um, you know, LA came in. It, it was a spot where had you had a backup goalie, he would have played. But instead, they had to run Jack Campbell back out there. And um, so, yeah, that was just kind of a, an opportunity and a spot in the schedule that I liked. Last night, as we're recording this, I had Anaheim as a home dog against uh, Ovechkin and the Capitals, who were on a four-game win streak. Um, but then they go out to the West Coast. They're playing a game in Anaheim. Uh, the Ducks are underrated, so I thought that was a great spot. And then, you know, Trevor Zegers scores a beauty in overtime, and he had one in regulation as well. So those are the spots I kind of look for, like betting props. I mean, every um, Edmonton Oilers prop you can get your hand on uh, right Dick now. Take McDavid is, on anything, yeah. even Dreisaitl, anything. I, and also, I think don't bet them – don't bet them before the game starts because they're falling behind in every game they play. So wait till they go down and then live bet them is, is something else I've been doing. My, our, um, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but our Kyle and I, our favorite strategy last year during the North Division. So we're Sens fans, unfortunately. And so, I love that team, by the way. Love that team. They're, they're I used to exciting. coach used to coach Clark Bishop. I broadcasted Drake Batherson and and uh, um Oh my God, the uh, Igor Sokolov, like the big Russian who let's forgot his name for a second. Love that kid. Um, so I broadcasted with Thomas Shabbat when he played in St. John's. So I have a real affinity for that team. DJ Smith used to play for the St. John's Maple Leafs in my hometown back in the day. So uh, I love what they've got going there. But yeah. So our favorite strategy for betting props was uh, last year during the North Division, we would each take uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl over two and a half points at like plus four hundred odds and. I kid you not, the first time we did it, it cashed within the first 10 minutes of the hockey game. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those guys are freaks. I mean, um, Leon Dreisaitl especially does not get the credit he deserves. I think he's starting to get it. But, man, he's he's got, like, seven multi-goal games so far already this season, something like that. He's leading the league with 17. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 33 uh, points in 15 games or something like that. Just insane. Yeah, he's absolutely wild, and uh, he's always just there to finish the play. The other sneaky prop I like for the Oilers and cashed again last night is a Darnell Nurse point. It's usually around even money, and he's—I mean, he—I don't know what his stats are, but it seems to cash all the time, and it's pretty good. All right, well, so you clearly like hockey. You don't really like the NHL that much. Is the NHL your favorite league, or do you have a, a favorite league to bet on? Well, in terms of hockey, the NHL would be my well, favorite yeah, no, league. Absolutely, I'm, I'm saying like your favorite sports <laughs> league in general. So this might this this is a bit of a surprise to some people. My very very favorite thing to bet is baseball. Um, baseball is a team sport that's made up of one on one matchups with huge sample sizes, and it usually pans out. Um, I love betting the first five innings in baseball. You take the relievers out of it. You've got your two starters and 
you know, one-on-one against nine guys. I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's my very, very favorite thing to bet. Cool. Are you a Jays fan? I'm a season ticket holder. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I am a Jays fan. It's uh, they were a hard team to like for a long time, but I really like what they've uh, what they've got coming here now. Big day for Robbie love Ray. That. Big day for Robbie Ray. Yeah, he just made himself a little bit more money. Um, whether the Jays bring him back or not, we'll see. But uh, honestly, if he's asking too much, I think you let him walk. He, it's not like he's done this his entire mm-hmm. career. Um, you know, I, the extension of Barrios to me signals that they may not bring him back. If it had to come down between Ray and Semyon, I think you take Semyon ten times out of ten with what I he agree. brings to that team. Um, and I think you know, like you know, they're talking about Stephen Matz walking away. Okay, fine. There's a thousand number four starters out there. They've got Jose Barrios and Alec Manoa, and you can work around that for the next four or five years minimum. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be okay up uh, in the rotation. Before we let you go, give us a Stanley Cup champion and a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Put me I on have, the spot. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, I you think... can't say the Leafs, though, just so you know. No, I would never. They're always overvalued in betting markets. In fact, if you're talking about a Canadian team that has value, I think I saw the Flames at 25-1 to 1 yesterday. Okay. Um, I would never count them out with Daryl Sutter. They're playing some pretty good hockey. They've got a goalie who, when he's on, can be among the best in the world. So if I was to take a Canadian team Stanley Cup future right now, I think it would be the Calgary Flames 25-1. to 1. As for the NFL your guess is as good as mine each week when i say well this team's a contender they lose like this week i was like the rams oh how are they how are they fit? you know why is everyone betting against them what and uh and that's so that's you know they dropped the ball two weeks in a row the bucks dropped the ball two weeks in a row um dallas has the ability to to you know fall apart i don't want to say why buffalo because i don't about i don't the think they've had the test you like the cowboys die hard <laughs> Listen, I think they're in a good spot. They just always let me down. Um, you and me but both. Yeah, they're they're you know they're an exciting team to watch. Honestly, I think it's wide open right now. I think I think I could see Buffalo winning. I could see KC putting it together. Um, you know, they, just because they haven't run the table, they have what it takes. Honestly, guys, it's going to be whoever stays healthy, whoever has enough healthy players come playoff time. Right now, I have no idea who that's going to be. Yeah, that's why we watch every Sunday. You never know what's going to happen. It's true. It's true. You know, I, I saw a stat, I think Sunday, uh, or maybe it was Monday, that you know 95% of NBA favorites covered uh, and won. So, you know, I think underdogs are uh, hitting at about 60% in the NFL this year. So it's uh, wow. it makes it a little more fun, but it makes it a whole lot more gut-wrenching for sure. Yeah, so that actually gives me one more question before we, we let you go. How is the book performing this year with all of the underdogs, uh, like with the underdogs doing so well this year? Are they making a killing? Um, so in October, it wasn't uh, as prevalent. In October... You know, some some favorites that should have won covered for a few weeks. The last three weeks, the book has done very, very well. I think the first weekend in November, whatever that was, like the 7th, the Sunday, 7th or 8th, um, was the best day that Coolbet had ever had um, at the book. That was, I think that was the day, uh, anyway, it was one of the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, right? Where uh, 
where a whole bunch of dogs won outright. And that was the best that we had ever done. And then this past weekend uh, was pretty good as well. So, you know, usually it usually evens itself out throughout the year. Um, because it's so hyper-focused on one day during the week, it, it sometimes gets a little bit overblown one way or the other. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this one thing from working at the book. Um, not many books ever go bankrupt, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, Chris, thank you very much for your time. This was a great interview, and uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Absolutely, fellas. Happy to come on anytime. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks. A big thanks to Chris for coming on and chatting with us. If you guys want to follow him on Twitter, please make sure to do so at CoolBetChris, C-O-O-L-B-E-T-K-R-I-S. Uh, yeah, special thank you to him. Let's now jump into the NHL news and picks. Uh, so in Philadelphia, there was a special moment for Kevin Hayes after scoring his first goal of the season after his brother Jimmy passed away earlier this year. Um, it was a really special moment, quite emotional, and uh, Kevin saved the puck for Jimmy's son. Uh, so yeah, it was a really touching moment, and uh, it's one of those things where you see that hockey and pro sports is kind of more more than just a game. It was a great moment to see, very emotional. Um, I just remember watching the video and getting emotional. Some other notes uh, down in the West Coast with the Anaheim Ducks, who are doing much better than anyone expected them to do. Ryan Getzlaff gets 1,000 points. This guy is a certified Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. I mean, he's won gold medals. He puts up points like crazy. He's just an all-around great guy, captain of the team, Stanley Cup winner. Um, So just happy to see him finally reach that 1,000-point mark. Another note on the Anaheim Ducks, Troy Terry. I'm sure some of you don't even know this guy. He's clearly having his coming out party this year. He's got, he is currently on a 16-game point streak. He plays tonight against the Washington Capitals, looking to extend it to a 17-game point streak. Just a crazy run, and I'm excited to see where it, it goes. My next note, Dion Phaneuf officially retires. Double D honor. That's probably how he's best known, just a legend of the game. Played for Calgary for a while, captained the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little while, played for the Sens, played for the Kings, all-around legend. Um, Congrats to Dion on a great career. You'll forever be missed, Pylon. (laughs) For sure. My last note on the NHL, Jim Benning is indefinitely on the hot seat as the Canucks are struggling Big time. I mean, I said it, I think, in our first couple episodes. I didn't have high expectations for the Canucks. I don't like their contracts. Um, I think they're screwed for the future, and they're already doing horribly, and the fans are starting to get on them, which means management's going to step in, and I think we're going to see Jim Benning get fired pretty soon. Can we talk about how McDavid, a.k.a. McJesus, has already got to 600 career points? It's wild. Called McJesus for a reason. Well, the 24-year-old joins a pretty crazy list. He's the sixth fastest. This list includes Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Peter Stashny, Mike Bossy, and Yari Curry. All Hall of Famers, all legends. And in other news, completely different sport, Fenway, well, no, sort of same sport. It's buying the NHL team. The Fenway Sports Group, which LeBron James is part of, for you that don't know, are reportedly purchasing the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was reported a couple days ago, I think. 
So it's still pretty new news. But the Fenway Sports Group are definitely part of the Red Sox, now the Penguins, and also Liverpool in the English Premier League. This is some pretty crazy stuff. Talk about yeah, diversifying. It's pretty it's crazy to me all because over the map. right now um, in the ownership group of the Pens is like Mario Lemieux and I forget, I think another uh, former player. And it's just crazy to me that A, they're selling the team and then B, selling them to you know a traditional Boston sports market. I don't know how well the fans are going to receive that, but it's interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a common thing. No yeah. doubt. So we'll see. See how that goes. Anyway, let's get into our picks now. Um, All right. Picks in the NHL. I've got three picks for you guys. First pick, we're going with Edmonton, Winnipeg, over six. Edmonton and Winnipeg played on Tuesday. Total was over six. I smashed it. It was easy. I mean, Oilers goalie Mika Koskinen sucks. Plus, you've got the offense of the Jets and Oilers. It's just a recipe for an over. Next, I've got... Blues, Sharks, under six. I like this play because the Blues play fairly defensive. Um, Bennington's a great goalie. And on the Sharks side, they don't score a lot of goals. And they've also got James Reimer starting, who might be surprising, but right now his goals against average is like 1.71. He's played outstanding this year, so I love this goaltending matchup. My final play, Blue Jackets in regulation, plus 100. All I need to say for this play is that they're playing the Arizona Coyotes. It's that simple. <laughs> All right. So for my, th- I've got. I also have three picks. Um, so none of the NHL lines that I could find on Coolbet were available, um, but I'm seeing on a different book that the Montreal Canadiens are plus one thirty at home. Um, so I like that spot, assuming that you can get them at plus odds. So I'm going to sprinkle that money line. Um, I've also got the Oilers against the Jets. Um, I'm. It's just about picking the hottest team and I think that uh, when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl you can't really go wrong especially when they're at home so give me the Oilers money line and then I'm also going to take the Red Wings money line this is just a little fun play as we mentioned last week the Red Wings are they're a fun young team to watch so I'm going to take them hitting Vegas at plus 150 the bounce back week starts with the Blue Jackets and regulation at plus odds 100 simple as Kyle said, it's a fade against the Coyotes. It's hard not to fade that dumpster fire. All right, and in some NFL news, uh, the Rams were upset on Monday Night Football. Uh, so that raised a bunch of questions. Are they frauds? What do you guys think? You know, I've heard this talk a lot. People are saying the Rams are frauds. And, you know, right now you can make a pretty fair argument. I don't think they have... A single win besides the win against the Bucks against another team that is above 500, which, you know, that's a pretty compelling argument, especially when they lose twice badly on Monday Night Football. You can definitely start calling them frauds, although I don't think they are. You know, I think they're going to turn this around. They're still seven and three, I think, maybe seven and four. Seven and three. Seven and three, exactly. That's all you need to say. Just They've look. got a great offense. They've got some big players on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be just fine, and I still like them to win the Super Bowl. I'm currently holding a 16-1 to ticket. Um, I don't think the Rams are frauds. I'm going to disagree. Just... Listen to the teams that they've beaten. The Bears, the Colts, the Bucks. The Bucks. I'll give you the Bucks. The Seahawks without Russell Wilson, the Giants, the Lions, the Texans. I don't know. Listen, a lot of I, listen I know. I told you they had. They only have one win. 
against a team that's above 500. But I'm not worried about that. They have a great roster. They're going to be fine going long term. Sorry, Ryan. Continue. Well, I was. It's it's related to the Rams. I was seeing lines for future MVP. Cooper Cup on Coolbet is at plus eight thousand. With Henry out, I don't think any QB this year has really stood out. The favorite right now is Tom Brady. To me, I don't think he's done an MVP or MVP caliber year. And you might see if Cooper Cup keeps these numbers going, you might see a wide receiver MVP. Yeah, I just it's kind of like the college football playoff, though. You know what I mean? It's they're gonna give it to a quarterback because they always give it to a quarterback. I yeah. mean, maybe maybe this year's an anomaly, but. It just I mean, I see where Ryan's before, coming from. No, I, I, I absolutely see the value. I'm not saying that there is no value, but I just I, I have a hard time believing that the NFL goes another way. But I do like the value. And my, But before Henry went down, I thought he was going to win the MVP. Might be a bit biased, but he was going to break the running back rushing yards record, I'm pretty sure. He was on pace for it. I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. And then Flacco, Joe Flacco has made his return to the NFL, so he's going to get the start for the Jets this week. Are, are you, Kyle, are you sad? The Mike White, I was just about to ask. The Mike White mania has come Mike to an White end after two short weeks. experiment is over. Week. It's unfortunate. You know, I'll always cherish those few drives he had where he looked like he was uh, the next Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think he ruined it for himself. He had an interview before the game against the Bills where he was saying that he should have been like a first-round pick or a first-overall guy. He got way too in over his head, and uh, the wheels just completely fell off the bus. But Mike White, I think you earned yourself a backup spot for years, and I'm excited to see you on the sidelines. I'll miss you. I had my fun. Thank you. Absolutely. The next Blake Bortles. (laughs) Hey. All right. Let's get into some picks. So I'll go first. I've got five picks in the NFL this week. So I'm I like the Seahawks against the Cardinals. Um, Russell Wilson back. Uh, I think that uh, he'll he'll start clicking. Um, the Cardinals just had a big loss. I'm not sure if Kyler Murray is going to be back in the lineup, but it's a big divisional match. The Seahawks need to battle back, um, and the Cardinals haven't looked great, although they have been missing. Kyler Murray, so tread lightly, but I'm taking the Seahawks plus two and a half. I am taking Flacco and the Jets plus three and a half. Another divisional game against the Dolphins. It's in New York. The Dolphins are coming off a massive win on Thursday night football against the Ravens. I see this as a massive letdown spot. Dolphins traveling to New York. Give me the Jets plus three and a half. I'm taking the Browns minus ten. As much as it's ridiculous, it's a letdown spot for the Lions. They had a big tie last week. Give me the Browns minus 10. Then I'm going to take the Vikings money line. Uh, The Vikings are playing the Packers. I'm taking a lot of uh, divisional dogs here today. So give me the Vikings against the Packers at home. Plus 2.5. Sorry, plus 106 on the money line. I'm taking the money line. I just like the value. I don't think 2.5 is a lot. Drink the juice. Let's get it. Finally, I'm taking the Cowboys plus 121 against the Chiefs. This is strictly a biased pick, but the Cowboys just throttled the Falcons, and I still don't think the Chiefs are that good, and they're coming off a big win on Sunday Night Football. Give me the Cowboys plus 121 on the money line. We have four picks this week. 
first pick, we're riding with the Falcons plus seven. I don't really know why I like this play. For some reason, I've just looked at this game all week, and the Falcons have been speaking to me. I don't think the line makes a lot of sense. Pats coming off a huge win where they absolutely trounce the Browns. Falcons coming off a week where they get embarrassed by the Cowboys. Give me the Falcons plus seven, and we'll see what happens, Matty Ice. Next play, Chargers minus six versus the Steelers. This is a very public play. As you guys know, I don't really like playing these huge public plays, but I don't really see how Justin Herbert and the Chargers don't just destroy the Steelers this week. So give me Chargers minus six. Next play, going with the Eagles. Bird gang, minus one and a half against the Saints. The line doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a bit of a trap line. People are going to be on the Saints. Uh, the line is trending more and more towards the Eagles being favorites. I'll take Eagles minus one and a half. Last play of the week, Browns minus 10. Similar reasoning to Justin. Let's down spot for the Lions somehow. Browns coming off an embarrassing loss. I think the Browns take it to the Lions and show them why they don't have a win this year. Well, I guess we all are back in our team sort of this week because my first pick is the Titans team total over 27 and a half. I like that. The, the spread is minus 10, I think, or it's even going to rise. I don't think they cover it. It's probably going to be a field goal game, believe it or not. It's just historically the past couple of years, it's always been close in shootouts. I think the Titans score 33 or even more. Give me the team total. Raiders, Bengals. I think the Raiders bounce back here after again dismantled. Didn't even look anything. I think Derek Carr and Joe Burrow will have a game. Both teams will put over at least 25, I think. Over 48 and a half. Give it to me. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles minus one and a half. Yes, sir. I just think the Eagles, much better team here with Hurts. Coming off a big win last weekend. Give me the Eagles. And then also, my last pick in the NFL. The boys are all on it. Browns minus 10. Like Justin said, it sounds ridiculous. Big let down spot for the Lions. Give me the Browns minus 10. We got to take Quake, all three of us, on the Browns. That can only mean one thing. The Lions are going to cover and maybe even win outright. So if I were you, I would take Lions money line. Big. <laughs> Hammer Just <it>. kidding. <laughs> Moving on. We got one NBA play for you guys. I'm trying to find NBA plays, but a lot of the time the Lions aren't available. But this week I was able to grab one play. We got Spurs plus two playing the T-Wolves. Neither team is very good, but I think the Spurs uh, have a better roster than their record shows, and the T-Wolves will be coming off of a uh, back-to-back, so I will take the Spurs. Next, CFL. We've got two plays. One of them, you're going to have to wait for my lock of the week. Yes, I'm going back to the CFL for my lock of the week. It's a gold mine. We're going to win money. Just take them. My one play I'll give out now, Alouettes minus 11.5. As I mentioned earlier, the Alouettes are still playing a meaningful game. They're trying to get that second spot in the East. They're playing the Red Blacks. The Ottawa Red Blacks are horrible. They suck. They stink. They've played like four different quarterbacks this year, and none of them work. Al's minus 11.5 is so easy. They're going to absolutely hammer the Red Blacks. Take that, no doubt. Moving on to the CPL, as I mentioned, unfortunately, no no lines are live right now on any sports books. Keep an eye on our Twitter. Me and Ryan are going to post our plays. We've got some big plays for the playoffs this weekend. College football. I've got three plays for you guys. I love betting college football. Ryan loves it, as we've mentioned. Three plays. Kansas State as a pick versus Baylor. Baylor ranked 11th. 
You guys know me. I'm going to fade this spot all day. Line makes no sense. Give me Kansas State as a pick em. Another game that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Utah versus Oregon. Utah ranked 24th. Oregon ranked third. This line tells you that Vegas thinks that Oregon is not going to make it into the college football playoff and that they're going to lose against Utah. Everyone's going to be on Oregon. I'll take Utah minus three. Last game, Oregon State against Arizona State. Another simple fade play. Everyone's going to be on Arizona State. I think Oregon State's got a great squad. Plus, they have one of the greatest home field advantages in college football. That stadium rocks. Oregon State plus three is my play. My first play in college is Cincinnati minus nine. They're playing SMU. SMU can defend the pass. Simple as that. Since he's got a good offense, I think they'll, you know, it's a push for the playoff. I think it will be a high-scoring game. Cincy will cover this. Strong defense. Give me Cincy minus nine. Second pick, Wisconsin minus nine. What are the odds? Both picks minus nine. Against Nebraska. Let me just say it's Nebraska. Wisconsin at home, too. Crowd behind them. I think they'll win this game by probably 15. Give me minus nine. And as Kyle, Kansas State pick them. Line makes no sense. I have a guru telling me in the back to take Kansas State. I'm going to listen to him. Give me Kansas State pick them. My last play um, that I'll give out in our pick segment is in college basketball. Finally, we got some lines out early that I can give out on the pod. Tomorrow, I am riding with Xavier plus 1.5 against the 19th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Buckeyes have had a tough start to the season. They have underperformed. They've played some shitty teams and have played in close games against them where they shouldn't. Xavier's got a strong team. The line doesn't make sense. I think Xavier claps them. Now let's jump into the $100 bankroll challenge. Let's go. Before we give out our picks on this week's bankroll challenge, I'll just give you guys another quick recap of last week. Justin on top of the table right now. He went 3-0 and last yeah. week, plus about $20. He's 4-2 and overall, and his bankroll sits at $115. I am in second place right now. 1-2 and last week, lost about $9. 3-3 and three overall, sitting at $99. Not too bad. And then we go down to the bottom of the basement. Oh, yeah. Ryan, 0-2 last week, minus $15. 0-4 overall. <laughs> He's only at $65. He's trying to dig himself out of the hole. Why don't we start off with the leader? Justin, what are your picks this week? All right. So I'm happy to be back because I'm feeling good. I'm hot. Let's keep it rolling. So I've got $5 on the Titans minus 10 at minus 109. Ryan doesn't think they're going to cover. But, you know, in this situation, it's like you could take the Texans. And if they cover, great. But if they lose, you look like the idiot that bet on the Texans plus 10. At least I can stay strong. Titans minus 10. They should throttle them if they're actually a legitimate contender in the AFC, which everybody thinks they are. Titans minus 10 for 5. And then I've got a little bit of a parlay. As I mentioned earlier, I'm taking the Cowboys and I'm taking the Vikings money line, parlaying them for five dollars at plus three fifty five. Let's keep it rolling. I'll give my picks out next as I sit in second place. I've got three picks this week. First five dollars on the Eagles, bang bang bird gang. Eagles minus one and a half at minus one ten. Then we got five dollars on Utah minus three at minus one ten. 
And then finally, I'm hammering Kansas State. The line makes no sense. $20 on Kansas State as a pick at minus 110. Well, it's time to get a win on the board. Enough is enough. This is pathetic. It's embarrassing. I don't want it anymore. I'm embarrassed. First pick is a parlay. $5. We're going to the English Premier League. West Ham double chance against Wolverhampton. West Ham is just simply just putting up ridiculous numbers, beating everyone. Second team, Crystal Palace double chance. I know they're going to Burnley. Tough place to win. But Palace have been probably the most surprising team this year under Patrick Vieira. At plus 110, sprinkle a little $5. And the second play I'm adding, Titans team total over 27.5 and minus 118. I'll put a nice little $10 on there. Doubling down. All right. Now, for everybody's favorite segment, the lock of the week. And boys, 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 boys. Finally. We did it. 3-0. and The clean sweep. Ryan gets on the board. And what a week to do it. We all won. What a feeling. Let's clap it up for the boys. I'd like to thank uh, Israel. As <laughs> Justin had no faith in them. The the lovely bastard scored two goals. And then Austria just did their part. So... Never said I had no faith in them. I had no faith in you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so for my lock of the week this week, we're going to go back to the NFL because it's been treating me okay. I'm 2-2. Ryan's 1-2-1. And and Kyle's 2-2 before I forget to mention our records. I'm going to stick in the NFC East, and I'm going to take the Washington football team plus 3.5. I don't think the Panthers are that good. It's a massive letdown spot. They beat the Cardinals. Cam Newton's back. I'm back. Hate him. Get him out of here. Washington football team, plus three and a half. My lock of the week, we're going back to the CFL. As I said, this league is pure money. I love it. We're going with the BC Lions, minus 4.5 against the Edmonton Elks. I told you, the Elks are playing two games in four days. They played on Tuesday. Then they have to travel to BC, play BC at home on Friday. This is going to be an easy game. Yeah, it's not meaningful for either team, but I think BC absolutely routes them. BC minus 4.5 is my lock of the week. And for my lock of the week, after coming back our first win, trying to keep the mojo going, we are traveling to the Premier League. Aston Villa versus Brighton. Aston Villa just got a new manager. For those who are soccer fans, Steven Gerrard, you definitely know he is, Liverpool legend. The boys are going to be buzzing. Brighton has been a good team this year. They concede, but they score. And with Villa underneath the new manager, I think they'll at least get one in front of the home fans. I see it being a 2-1, 2-2 game. Give me both teams to score at minus 118. All right. Well, good luck, fellas. Let's keep it rolling. Let's see if we can go for two clean sweeps in a row. But thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Over the Border or at Over Border Pod. And be sure to follow our guest on Twitter, as mentioned, at CoolBetChris. Special thank you to him. Thank you guys for listening.